Generally speaking about the church podcast episode number what? Generally speaking, just check. Dude, <laughs> whatever. It's episode ninety six. I wanted to mess you up. What a guy! It worked. <laughs> <laughs> All right, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of the About the Church podcast. Yes, we are recording another episode. It's crazy talk. It's been a while. Hey, everybody. My name is Cliff Ravenscraft. And my name is DG Hollins. And we are here. We have a special guest in the studio today, Daniel Johnson Jr. Daniel, how's it going, man? It's going great. It's great to be here at GSPN headquarters. World headquarters. World headquarters. And uh, today we're going to talk about the future of the church DG is going to share some wonderful things about gorillas and apes and bears and all kinds of other <laughs> things that he met at this uh, special wow. place that he went to. Wow. The future the of the church. <laughs> and that place was a zoo, apparently. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> the future of the church involves gorillas. That, that's what I'm hearing. So, DG, do you want to tell us real quickly uh, yeah. what, what in the world is going on with you and gorillas, man? Yeah, uh, we, uh, we, had a, um, we had a conference. The church that is sponsoring the church that I'm doing. Uh, uh, had a conference called Navigate Conference put on by Leadership Nexus is the group that people put it on, and uh, we were we had a bunch of people come in, uh, Dan Kimball and David Kinneman. David Kinneman's the president of the Barna Group, uh, so all the Barna data and stuff like that. He's the head guy there, not Barna because he's passed it on now to David Kinneman. Right. Um, and Dan Kimball is a guy who wrote a book about. They said uh, they like Jesus but not the church and all kinds of cool stuff. There's a lot of people that say they like Jesus, but not the church. It, oh, sure. uh, well, Barney even wrote a book called Revolution. That that was the similar whole, to it. Yeah, yeah. yeah Sometimes I don't like the church. <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah. That's something that I think we should talk about today is whether or not we like the church. That would be, yeah. We we I you know I could I should give Dan a call and see if he would just impromptu be on the podcast. <laughs> with but uh, anyway, so uh, the, we were we were there and we were talking to a, a guy who was. Basically, starting up his own his he's starting not his own worship service, but he had responsibilities for starting up what you know a worship service like a contemporary worship service kind of a thing. Yeah, and so he was asking these people that are literally on the cutting edge of anything and everything. Blah 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 blah. Uh, what was what was the trend? What was the future of worship? Like what was the cutting edge of worship? And um, and by worship, we're talking specifically in the church during the celebration no. style worship. No, okay, then no, we're thinking much larger understanding, great. like worship as a lifestyle, as a lifestyle. So, and does and is it actually becoming something that's beyond the church worship Walls, service, big time? Yeah, and is it well, what you would think that? Yeah, what you would what? Well, not you, but what, what most people would typically think of as worship. This goes way beyond. I mean, I can explain it to you. Yeah, go ahead. But they call it gorilla worship. Um, gorilla. So it's kind of like you know gorilla warfare as opposed to you know line up in a line, fire. You know that the back ranks back up and the next bent ranks. You know gorilla worship just. Compl- I mean gorilla <laughs> war just completely changed the field of of how you do war, and so they're they're basically thinking the very the very very similar kind of thing. So this guy um, in uh, Atlanta. Named Troy Bronsink. He's a Presbyterian guy. I don't know if you know if you've ever heard of Troy or not, but he was one of the speakers along with us. And Troy uh, was talking about how they basically in their church got everyone to jump on the train, the subway. And apparently in Atlanta, the subway goes east, west, and north, south. So it all kind of congregates right in the middle. Right. So he had people in his church. Um, one guy playing cello, one guy playing flute, another person playing violin, and they started playing a. Um, 
a, a classical piece of music. Okay. And everybody else in their church uh, started doing the ashes on their foreheads and, and basically saying, you know, doing some kind of liturgical um, saying that, you know, you are gods or they, and they said we were trying to figure out what we should say. And so they were, they were like, but this, it was really cool. And so then strangers were walking up to them and asking for them to be able to put the, the, the sign of the cross with ashes um, on their foreheads. What, you said something that I, I don't know if the listeners are out there, but, but you said, what is this? You are gods. What? Oh, just, you know, he would just say something liturgical. Okay, and like, that's, like that is a some, typical you Ash are Wednesday God's service. Is, is liturgical? Was this for Ash Wednesday? Yeah, I don't know if it was for Ash Wednesday or not, but it makes sense for Ash Wednesday because that was something you do all the time for Ash Wednesday is you put ashes on your forehead in the shape of a cross. Do you do that in your church? Oh, yes. Really? Because yeah, really. the only time I ever had that was in the Catholic church. Me too. Wow, yeah. So you guys are high church. Yeah, well, but that was, that was the cool thing about it was he was taking something that's like super high church, Yeah, but he was taking it to the subways. Taking it, well, and, not uh, even taking it to the streets, the subways. Yeah, he's underneath under, the streets. He's taking it under they're the so, streets. They're so gorilla. That they went under. But going, he was, they've gone and he, underground. And he was saying that you know people were weeping out loud in the middle of the subway by just doing this simple cross in the ash. While now, this the, music is playing. While this, yes. while now, the, were, the, were, they, were they all playing the same song? And uh-huh. so that when they finally got to the middle, they were all Well, they like, weren't all on different trains, right? They were well, all on the all, same train. Well, they all rode on different trains to get to that place. To, oh, okay. To that one center place. So here's a guy you know, with a cello riding the subway getting down there and so he starts playing and then all of a sudden the flute starts playing and all of a sudden the violin starts playing but they're on the same train while they're playing no no they're in the subway they've gotten off oh, the train oh, okay. I'm, I'm, sitting, I'm sitting here thinking I'm sitting here thinking that you got the cello on one you got the flautist on the other DG's like the I want to get to the point of the story the you guys won't let me finally they're, no, no, finally that's they're fine, making that's something that's cohesive that's fine it's, I'm just glad you forced me to explain it because I want everyone to be able to understand what's going on right, but, but they, and they literally kept on doing it until the, until the security guard said you guys need to leave and they said Okay, they just got on the trains, went back home. <laughs> Interesting. So, so this is something that they believe is is going to be something that that could be the future of worship in the church. Yes, to go out into the subways and do radically crazy stuff. Yeah, like okay, another example of that. Okay, Can please give, give me another. Yeah, please give us another one. Uh, I got a phone call from the director of the Wesley Foundation at NKU, and he said, "Hey, bring your camera, come with us. We're going to do something pretty cool." So I'm like, okay, that's cool. So it's you know, it, it really is kind of combining an art understanding, but allowing everyone to join into the art, uh, which is beautiful. And I think art should be uh, should have a place in worship, even though I think a lot of cases it's kind of pushed out or just defined as a hymn, uh, but uh, it, with music and stuff like that. But he, so I get there to NKU at West the, the Northern Kentucky University, um, and he said, and he sat down with a group of students, and he said, okay, I want everyone to pick out your favorite of uh, the Sermon on the Mount, the Beatitudes. Okay. So blessed are those who mourn. Blessed are okay. those who are poor. You know, the blesseds. So they found out their favorite ones, and we literally went to Kroger, which is, a, which is a grocery store here, found cardboard, and wrote just blessed are those who weep, or blessed are the poor, on cardboard, and then we literally just dropped them off on the side of the road. <laughs> and so they're holding these signs as if they were homeless, or as if they were needing money or something like that, but they were never asking for money. All they were doing is holding up a sign that said, blessed are the poor, or okay. blessed are, the, are, are um, those who weep, uh, and things like that. And just as, just, as uh, just getting the word out, but doing it in a way that was just unique and very different. And so then, and then we, he and I drove around, and I was taking pictures of them, and we did video, 
of the whole thing. And if I can find the video on, on uh, Facebook, I, I can show it to you. He, he like made like a video montage of the whole thing. So I, yeah, I can so see, I I can see where that would be interesting. I can see, you know, so anyway, I think that's another kind of maybe expression of, it seems, kind of it's, 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 to me, it sounds more like a stunt. Yeah. I, well, the, for me, it sounds more like, you know, something that's going to definitely attract attention, but also kind of think those Christians are nuts. Oh, you think? That's what I think. Well, I, Pretty much, pretty sure that they already think we're crazy if we've put everything, oh. <laughs> in, every egg in one basket of some dude who lived two thousand years ago. We believe died and rose again, never died again, rose into heaven. Uh, yeah. <laughs> okay. What part of that seems sane to a normal person? <laughs> well, I don't know. But I, and, and, and here's and here's Dave, uh, Dave in your chat room, and I was like, yes, this is exactly where my first thought was was like flash mobs. Yeah. What if you well, just that's exactly what of, that sounds like? It's somewhat. Yeah, yeah. I, can, I can hear what I can agree. with. So what, what if saying. what if what if worship just was a flash mob? Everyone knew what time they were going to start and do it. And we had this just massive group of people doing some form of worship on the on, on Fountain Square. No, see that. I like that. But the, somebody else in the chat room said something. Uh, Pups pals or what? Yeah. Pups pals is in here. She says, you know, don't you need a, a permit for these kind of things? And the question being is, is this kind of unruly and is it breaking the law and stuff like that? Well, I think you can plead ignorant and say, oh, well, can you plead ignorant if you're actually the person who happens to be orchestrating this event without a, a permit? And does that seem Something I, I'm just asking. Yeah, no, I think I think there are a lot of people that I'm broke kind of the law with when this guy over here. I, I, I think there are a lot of people that broke the law when they were holding up picket signs protesting civil rights too. Well, yeah, yeah. Well, and there. wait a second, what you mean? Our faith and our in our country might not completely mix the whole way all the time. I don't know. That, what were you going to say, Daniel? <laughs> well, one of the things that I that, that Ian, you're provoking me here, but you know, one of the things Good. that yeah, but one of the <laughs> things that <laughs> but one of the things that they uh, that, that that you're that I have a question about is what about the lasting relationship that people are going to have with one another? Sure. Do you know, well, where yeah. is, where is that? In my, where is the, where is that in all of this? Right. No, I, that's a great question. Well, that's the question, question is, is do you need the church? I, mean, I don't know. I didn't do it. So do, do you need the traditional church as we know it today to have that relationship and connection with one another? Um, and, and, and I'm not suggesting by my question that I'm indicting that we should kill the tr- traditional church as we know it today. But I, I obviously am not as, uh, uh, it does not appeal to me the the way that it used to. I I much prefer doing life together, ran, you know, doing life together, investing in lives. I, I mean, I I experience uh, what I feel that it, I'm called to experience in the church more when I gather together with DG more than when we sit here and talk around this about the you know around these mics and when I'm gathering together with a group of people from my church who come here on Wednesday nights. That's when I experience church. I'm experiencing, quote unquote, you know, that that deepening of my relationship with God less and less hmm. at the traditional things that that go on. And, and th- uh, now are you, the, are you talking about being in an being in a building or being in an organized venue? Yeah. Yeah. That's what I'm talking about. It's su- Sunday morning. You know, okay. it, it's basically Sunday morning. Um, th- recently, I heard a sermon that said something about the fact that, you know, uh, somebody had mentioned, you know, hey, there's, you know, during the music this morning before we started. And by the way, as a quick joke, uh, did you guys know that we actually have a band that plays music and does worship before we start? <laughs> yeah. uh, some of you, you know, you're getting pretty good at knowing when to come in right after that's done. 
And, you know, and it was said in, in passing and it was a joke. It was funny. But uh, I'll be honest with you. I'm one of those guys that I, I prefer to do relationships with people in the hallway until the music's over. Yeah. Does that make me an awful person? And sometimes I, I'll be honest with you. I feel a little guilty wow. because I, I, I feel like I've, I've been taught my life that, you know, if you're not willing to come in and sing these same songs that we've sang every single week for the last two and a half to four years I mean, the same song right, over right. and over again, if that doesn't move you emotionally and bring you to tears, then maybe are you really here to worship God? I'm like, yeah, I, yeah, yeah. Is, is that what worship is? And, and can I not have an experience of building a relationship in a conversation with somebody, you know, catching up? I haven't seen you in the last three weeks. What's going on in your life? Right. What's going on in my life? Mm-hmm. Can that be can that be a connection in the church that leads to a lifestyle of, of worship of God and, and this friendship and relationship that we have right. instead of going and hearing music and, and singing the words on the screen. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, it sounds like we're, we're, I mean, you have one on one sense, you're talking about the future of the church, but then maybe you're also talking about the future of worship or maybe what is worship? Maybe we should talk about a little bit. Maybe we could talk a little bit about what is worship. You sure. know, you know, it does worship have to be in a building with other people with 300 or 50 or other people or can it be by yourself and how can you do it by yourself how could it's what you're talking about sure really sure. worship well, how well, i mean <laughs> let me ask this we, we'll put daniel on the spot here since Uh-oh. he's asking the question i think that's only right that's to ask him jesus thing to do exactly <laughs> daniel what is worship my friend how do you define it i think it's very personal all right you know i think i, I think it's i think for me it's very personal so it's I, not I, communal I think worship for me as a person is you have your worship that you have in your own personal relationship with God, and then you have the worship that you do together with the rest of the body. All right. So there's there's personal worship and corporate worship. Very good. I I would actually agree that there is some value in corporate worship. All right, and and obviously, I think that that's something God calls us to do. In yeah. fact, right. Let us not give up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing. Right. Let okay. It, so so but what, that. But what but I heard. For, what I heard you just say was you just split up worship when we just asked you what is worship. <laughs> right, because there's certain types of worship that you need to have by yourself. I mean, just because you go to a worship service, does that mean you're close to God? No, no. I, I see and that's that, the thing. So 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 to me, it seems to and it's it, it seems to me that. You know, you have to have your own relationship with God to start off with. And if you're not doing well with your relationship, your personal relationship with God, then you're just going to carry that with you wherever you go, whether it's okay. in a whether it's in a body of uh, or in, sure. in, a, in a building or in another group setting. Sure. Well, I still think that you're talking about types of worship and not actual what is worship. Oh, yeah. OK. There so, DG, yeah, you, you bring up a good point. DG, what is worship, my friend? Um. In your it's, own words. Well, and, and but the, th- the frustrating thing was this conference challenged it. Okay. You know what I'm saying? So, well, okay, before so the conference, at, if I were to ask right. you in your own words, what is worship? And then after being challenged, sure. how would you amend that? Yeah, and uh, I can't amend it right you're now because still, still wrestling with you're it. You're still yeah. wrestling. But uh, before, before, the, before the conference, my understanding of worship was, was extremely based around sacrifice. Okay. That, you know, the, the, the idea that when we go to worship – uh, and, and now I'm trying to ch- and now I'm trying to change it. Of, do you actually go to it? <laughs> it's kind of like my 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 understandings of mission. Do you go to or go on a mission, or are you a part of God's mission? Right. Uh, think, so anyway, I think it's the latter. Thank you. I do too. <laughs> but but the, so so now I'm really kind of wrestling with around with worship as well. But before that, I would have said that worship is 
your giving of your life to God. That God is the audience, not us. And um, that I Ooh, think that's good. That uh, and that's that's a huge, huge deal because in most in the most churches I go to, people have a have a misunderstanding uh, that 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 they think, oh, well, I have to go to worship, and you'll say, well, why do you go to worship? And they'll say, I just get so much out of it. And you're going, wait a second. <laughs> if worship really was a sacrificial understanding, maybe the only reason you get something out of it is because you're giving so much to it, right? Or to God, I should say, not even it, but to God. Uh, so, so anyway, that was my original understanding of, of worship was just, it was just suck a rug, you know, it's laying prostrate, uh, not prostate, but prostrate. That was my joke. Yeah. Um, a nice laying insert pro- applause <laughs> or uh, laughter here. Yeah. You got a laugh track, um, but laying prostrate uh, before the king with your back faced almost, you know, just completely naked, you know, just <clears throat> there is no way to defend yourself. You are literally offering your life. Mm-hmm. Uh, to this individual, and so I think that that was the kind of the the way of thinking about it. And you got to go back to the Old Testament; it was all sacrifice. You know, it was I'm going to you know that was their worship was to bring whatever kind of offering it was to God. It was that was the understanding of. And worship. what was the act of that sacrifice? The sacrifice was understanding that everything I have is you, and I depend on you. Yeah, um, but they had they and had trust in and they you. had different kinds of sacrifices. Uh-huh. Um, you know, they had a, you know, a thanks sacrifice and you know and all kinds of different things like that. But but yeah, yeah, it was it was definitely a, something that was uh acknowledging the fact that in this I am offering this to you. I'm giving you an offering that represents everything I have is yours. Right. That's where we get the ton, the 10% tithe thing. We think we've talked about that before. Yeah. That I really believe that that number 10 is a symbol that that's that symbolizes everything, the wholeness, the completeness, and so when you give ten percent, what you really are telling God is, everything I, I have is yours. Interesting. You know, back to what you're talking about with worship. You know, I think a lot of the things that we that we think about in the new te- and under the new covenant. You know, where we're ta- I'm thinking of specific passages like in Romans 12, where it says uh, offering our bodies as living sacrifices. Mm-hmm. Uh, Colossians three, where it says uh, whatever you do, do do it as working for the Lord, not for men. Sure. You know, so I think a lot of everything that we uh, and, and I, I can see some of the people in the chat room. They're also talking about you know everything about our everything we do in our life should be considered a worship to, uh, to God. Now, I guess I guess going back, trying to go back to the original topic of well, bef- future of church. Yeah, before we go there, I I, I want to look at. Um, I mean, you so, never so, gave your understanding. Yeah. Of worship oh yeah, that's true. Yeah, we got here. I, I, I want to say that when I think of worship, I think of a, of more of a, a a state of mind mm-hmm. and almost an emotional response to the the presence of God. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, or, or any response. I mean, emotional it might be a large part of it, but you're just saying any response would be that right. And, just and, and, and responding exactly. Hmm. But for for me, when when I when I think of myself as having worshipped God, uh, it's it's like, wow, God, you are here, and I love you, and I feel you, and I feel completed by you, and I am in awe of that. For me, that is worship. Now, there have been times when I have been um, at a traditional celebration on a Sunday morning, and and a certain song and and had put my mind put had put enough things that are distracting out of my mind. Uh, it had been and the words on the screen seemed to kind of really all of a sudden just like connect two points of of 
reality together for me. And it's like, oh my gosh, God, wow, you are amazing. Mm. And, and, and the words on the screen and, the, and me saying those words in song had evoked worship within me. Does right. that make sense? Sure, yeah. But I've had that alone in my car yeah. with and yeah. without music. Right. Right. And I've had that in times of prayer with and without music. So, right. so worship is, is, is focused around the response aspect. Yes. Okay. And I think it has For to me. be. And to me, I think it's intensely personal. You know, but then, it, but then you can also share your worship. You know, and uh, you could even argue that together right now we are worshiping God. That could, we could even argue that right now, but we're worshiping more individually and collectively. Yeah, yeah, and 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 people who who listen to this podcast, you know, you know where I'm going to go with any response that says it's deeply personal. Yeah, it, but it's also in community. <laughs> That's right. It's yeah. got it's to be communal. community. <laughs> yeah, it's, 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 Cliff, Cliff has heard this over and over again. The, the main reason I'm is, just going to start. I'm going to get a little audio by. Yeah, you know it is personal, and I agree with that. <laughs> but it should also be experienced within a community. And you are saying communal uh, as well. You are. You are. I'm. I'm just giving you a hard time. I'm it's, sorry. I, I'm, I'm right yeah. over my head. No, it's you're, a, fine, you're it, fine. It's an you're inside joke room. of the about. Tr- yeah. <laughs> well, I hope not. It's what I really believe. <laughs> But anyway, uh, so but here's here's a one of my professors in in seminary uh, who taught Revelation, which was hilarious. It was New Testament six six six. That's hilarious. Yeah. Anyway, and he was talking about what is uh, his favorite view of worship uh, found at least in Revelation, and uh, and it and it's basically Revelation four, and uh, and it was talking about all the elders, and I'll I'll read it here, Uh, Revelation four chapter four verse starting with verse ten. But it says the 24 elders fall down before him who sits on the throne and worship him who lives forever and ever. They lay their crowns before the throne and say, you are worthy, our Lord and God, to receive glory and honor and power for you created all things. And by your will, they were created and have their being. And, and so he said, here is the most beautiful understanding that he has of worship. And he goes into basically, I won't get into how he says that the elders are basically representing, you know, Christianity in general. Um, but uh, it says when they fall down before God, so the first, the first part of worship is basically acknowledging that God is God. Okay. So that's the falling down before God. And then, um, and, uh, and then who, who sits on the throne. And they worship him who lives forever and ever. They lay their crowns before the throne. And he basically says this, this crown that they have is basically symbolizing their, their rulership of their own lives. Right. And so they're basically saying, my life is yours. So not only do you acknowledge that God is God, but you allow God to be the Lord, to, to be your king, uh, and lay that at his feet. And then, and, you know, and then uh, after that, as they're doing, they're laying their crowns, they're saying this, uh, you are worthy, our Lord and God, to receive glory and honor and power. Uh, you create all things. And so it is a beautiful image, man, golly, uh, to be able to talk about what that is and how that could be a beautiful understanding of worship. Uh and I just love the idea of, of laying our crowns at the feet of Christ is not just saying, look, this is the crown that I got because I was so good here on earth and has jewels all over it. But it's basically saying my life, the thing that I have, the only thing ultimately that I have authority over is me. Yeah. And I'm, I'm, I'm giving that to God. And the cool thing is, is in the Greek there in the, in the, in the verb there, it is an ongoing process. It is a present and ongoing. So it's not, they just don't stop doing it. It's happening over and over and over and over and over again. It's just a constant acknowledging that God is God and allowing God to be God by giving. And there's a response aspect 
like right. giving your life to God. It's it's really beautiful. Anyway, right. Sorry, okay. I throw that in there. I love Revelation so. Well, I am looking. Go ahead, Daniel. You, no, you're, I, was just, you're, I was just, I was just thinking. I was, to say something. Yeah, no, I just was thinking back to the original concept of the future of church and oh, yeah, you sure, know, yeah, how yeah. we how we got to th- how we got to talking about need Dan worship. Here more often, he'll he'll keep us going down the rat. It's my it's my I like, it's my like acti- it's my activator strength. You know that I that, that, <laughs> that I bring. Awesome. It's like where where we are. Bring it back in. All right, so um, you know. Um, Bringing it, reeling it back in. Okay, yeah, so yeah, yeah. so uh, we were talking about the future of church. So yeah. so 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 I guess with that idea of what worship is, and I guess if uh, church is designed to help bring people together to worship, then I guess it, then I guess any of what you were talking about with the gorilla right. aspect, that I, I mean, I would agree that right. that that could be considered worship. Right. Yeah, and I think that I think what Troy was going for was basically uh, worship. How is our worship? Uh, starting to actually affect and and uh, interact with with the world. Okay, does that make sense? Like, yeah, are we as Christians uh, going to live out if if we if we accept that worship is a lifestyle, not just something we do, but it's something we are, and it includes the doing too. But it, it's right. it's even deeper than just what we do; it's who we are. Right. Then, are we through our worship uh, interacting with the world that that um, that we would want to experience the grace and the love and the forgiveness that's offered uh, in the midst of a relationship with Christ. Are we truly bringing about that kind of worship to the wor- to the rest of the world? And are we doing it in a way that is not forcing it on anyone, but also allowing for the beauty of art in the midst of it? So that's, gotcha. that's what he's, that's the statement that they're making. Now, I, you know, these are all experiments. I mean, these these are guys who are just like, hey, let's try this out. Yeah, they're not like, you know, they're not just they're not sitting around going, is this is God going to be okay with this or something else like that? I mean, they really are just saying, hey, God, we're just gonna we're gonna have some fun with you and for and you. And see, I'm all and cool we're... with that. I, it's just sometimes I just wonder. It's like ah, some of it just seems a little bit so edgy and weird that I I just wonder. You know, it's yeah. like ah. well, I, and I think yeah. it's the same way that people would if people walk into an art gallery right now. Yeah. Then I don't think that everyone would be able to appreciate all the art that's there. Right. You know, because that's just weird art. What are you talking about? But that is the that's actually I think the future of art right now is not just something you do, but something that whoever is looking at the art they actually become a piece of that art, like interacting with it. Okay. And then they are actually joining into that art. It's like it's it's called four dimensional art. Um. But anyway, so you know that's that's just the way that's the way it rolls. I mean, one of the things that kind of, as I think about where the future of of church could be, is I'm kind of reminded of being of trying to become how Paul talked about becoming all things to all men, you know, and and so as by possible to win some, sure. and kind of a little bit of what you were talking about, Cliff, with respect to, you know, some things, you know, just really making the gospel tra- attractive to people. Some of the people we were talking about, are we going to scare people off by doing some of these stunts? Right, right, right. You know, or, and what really is going to be most effective in really drawing people to to Christ? Yeah, sure. I, I, I kind of that's that's the kind of response that I have is is that I'm wondering, I mean, is the idea of going out and doing this in public is there a reason for doing it in public in front of everyone? I mean, is this is, is this is this trying to meld? evangelistic messages uh and tie it to worship so people can acknowledge that wow there's this group of people who are insanely uh devoted and devout to this god 
I mean, which obviously is something that, that you know, worship is about. It's about a, it, it is about a devotion to, to God. Sure. I, so certainly that. But is that the purpose behind it? But why publicly? Why, why make such a public statement about it and drawing attention to yourself? I, 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 I wonder what the reason is for that. I'm also thinking about the, you know when you when Jesus was talking about the people they go in and they um, he told the parable of the of the Pharisee who says God look at all the stuff that I'm doing I give a tenth of everything that I own and I'm doing all of this and this and then and then you all and, and then over in the back you got the uh, you know the widow ta- the, 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 or, or the tax collector saying God just have mercy on me I'm such a sinner. Yeah. Sure, you know, and, well, and, and it, seems, and it that, seems that some of these things, I, some of these stunts, could, could I think almost you're jumping. I think you're jumping. Major, I may major, be. I may be. That's major I'm just. Jumps I, my, I have these random associations, and it may or may not be in, in the. Well, yeah, yeah, and no, we no, that's fine. That's and fine. we weren't. And in all fairness, we weren't there to hear this conference and to hear the backstory directly from this guy. Obviously, no, no, yeah. he spent more than five minutes telling the story about True. what the yeah. purpose of all that stuff was, and <laughs> yeah, definitely, definitely. And, and stuff. So, I mean, yeah, we'll give you that. I think it's. Oh, thanks. Thanks for letting we'll me have give that. You th- I'll give you that. Here you go. I'll touch your arm. Here. Uh, yeah, I do, you know it's 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 very interesting to me. I'm I'm definitely plenty open minded enough to to be able to say I'll go try it out. The cool thing was is when he when we did the interviews with the students when they were doing the hold up the signs. Now I'm talking about the sign one, not the subway one, uh, because I was actually a part of the one that they held up the signs. We were asking you know the students that did that you know what was it like? What did you experience? And he was saying, you know, uh, people uh, would never make eye contact with me hmm. or some people would try to give me money. And I would say, no, no, I'm not here. Hmm. I'm not here for your money. And they, there would be some people like, take the money. I'm like, they got mad at him. And, and, but it was just really interesting. And then so these students are going, man, it's really makes me really wonder the people who are doing this as their only living. You know, what, what kind of life did they live? So, I mean, it was multiple levels of what's going on that God's working in their hearts. But yeah. could God work? And, and I see no difference between what they did than 15 billion billboards all over the place that says anything about God. Uh, you know, there's no difference there. Do you right. think that God can use a billboard? Well, what's the purpose of a billboard? Where's the relationships forming from the billboard? True. Yeah, you know. So, are we asking questions? But, but the know, question the is, and, and, no, I'm right is there this with an you. Act of right worship, though. That, that's the question. Is yeah. this for God or is this for people to see? Well, then, and why then, couldn't it be for both? And, 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 right. Yeah, and that's yeah. the question. I mean, yeah. Yeah. because everything has to have advertising. You know, I mean, you turn on the TV and you see somebody saying, "Hey, come check out our TV program. We're going to be going. What is the?" Um, Hour of Power or something like that. Is that what the um, Robert Schuller thing is on? I uh, guess. I don't know. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I, I don't watch any of that. I don't watch <laughs> oh, any no, TV. I hardly watch any TV, but I remember, you know, there is some level of advertising that comes out. Oh, I remember there's a, right, there's sure. certain people around our local community that have uh, local advertising spots. And so, again, it's sure, we're sure, advertising sure. God. God needs marketing. Was it somebody who has the – I think there's a Twitter account that says Jesus needs new PR. Yeah, well, I, the question is, does God need marketing? And, and I think that <laughs> I think we are his marketing. I, I think we are his mar- marketing strategy, strategy, and that is our changed life. Yeah, yeah. and and I th- and and there, there's another thing. Our changed life is an act of worship. Oh yeah, you know. But the thing is, is, is for me, I, I I wonder if for me, if if worship isn't something that that is a direct tie between me and my response to God, right, and sure, not sure. necessarily my response to God in front of other people. 
and, or, and, or but our not, response to God, it, or our, exactly. <laughs> I, I was I was getting ready to throw the community in there with <laughs> the you, you know I got to have the kitchen sink too. <laughs> <laughs> like I got the faucet, but I got the other kitchen sink too. That's all. Exactly. There's a good question in here from Nation in the chat room that says, uh, "Does God need marketing?" Um, the question is yes, and I I, I don't. I mean, I'm you. you yeah, yeah. I think God. No, God doesn't need more marketing. God right. has marketing. Yeah. And, and and his marketing department is made up of DG Hollams, uh, Jonathan Nation, Daniel Johnson Jr., Cliff Ravenscraft, and and uh, a host of other people out there. We are his marketing department. We he exactly. is he is marketing himself, his brand through our lives. What is it? Is that in Second Corinthians? But 5? I'm just wondering if 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 jumping, you know, doing some crazy stuff that might get you kicked out by the security guards is is a is a good marketing. Yeah, whatever. I don't know. <laughs> I, you know. Okay. So, so I, I mean, they're not. They're not, I, they're ple- not pleading ignorance is just the that. That's the one. I, I think that's where the only stumbling block that I have. Sure. Yeah. Well, I mean, they're not. I don't. I don't think they're necessarily causing accidents. No, they're I understand. Causing, but uh, you know, anything like that. But if you've been kicked so, out of one public place and then all of a sudden it's like, okay, where's the next one where we haven't been kicked out yet? Because we know. It, yeah, right. it, it, there comes yeah, well, a point in time same. when you, I know, yeah. and yeah. I'm I'm hung up on one detail. Well, I mean, it's the same thing of like when I started basically telling everybody that when I worship, I'm doing it at a pub. Yeah, like one of my organic gatherings meets in a pub. Yeah. yeah. Now we yes, I we we call that church. We call that worship. Yeah. It has no guitars, so we're not doing the whole. Hey, everybody, look at us. Right. <laughs> what are you guys? Uh, we're, we're literally Church of Christ over there. The <laughs> the whole non instrumental thing. <laughs> No, wasn't it? Wasn't it uh, what, um, the, the the Wesleyans were? Weren't they the ones that were the teetotalers? Well, that's a misnomer. But <laughs> oh, okay, okay. Oh, that's the, right. I'm the, sorry. The, 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 no, no, Let's no, no, bring no, us no, some general out. The, yeah. the misnomer here. is basically Wesley grabbed a bunch of bar tunes and converted them to hymns. Oh, okay. And that's and that's where they that's where they get that. that and then, of course, that Ray thought. Charles took gospel and made it into R and B and soul. <laughs> there you go. There you go. But uh, but but the bar tunes is a kind of music. It's not. It's not like the music in bars. Okay. It's like a musical term. Yeah, oh, okay. and that's where the misnomer. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny. J- Jonathan's in the chat room, and and, and basically, I I do, do want to say he says he says something here. No, it's not. Uh, he's having a conversation that I have only caught half of it. Yeah, but anyway, the perception <laughs> of what marketing is is the issue. And I right, it, there is a perception that marketing is a dirty thing. That it is something that's forceful. Right. Uh, and 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 that it's in your face kind of thing. And and no, God does not need more of. Well, okay. In my opinion, God doesn't need go. more of that. There are yeah. some that would prefer that, yeah, God needs some marketing. We need to get out there. We need to get in people's face. We need to be a little bit more bold and, right. you know, we need to confront people. Right. Or, uh, so. or, they're t- they're, or they're thinking of the typical marketing term where they're like, let's get T-shirts, billboards, bumper stickers, blah, 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 and, and TV uh, ads and stuff like dude, that. Dude, I am so upset with bumper stickers. It's not even funny. I mean, seriously, what? are you serious? I, I do not like bumper stickers. It's like, dude, if you got something to say, let, I know I'm sort of going. You've got bumper you've stickers. Got, you've on got bumper your stickers car, on your car, Cliff. <laughs> it, it, oh, it's a, but it, uh, you're talking page, about you're talking you know, about the cheesy ones that are the like cheesy ones. It's ones. like yeah, you're not talking yeah, about the one that's on your car. Of course, not, not, yeah, exactly. Mine says, "Have you given up on church?" You know. That, yeah. that, I mean, that, that's it, that's a marketing message. That is not marketing for God. It's marketing for this local traditional place. I'm all about tongue because you know I love to give you a hard time about your bumper stickers. No, the, 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 um, <laughs> I, I, I think I, church, yeah. come to our church. I think I, a, I think at a basic, I'm, yeah, I'm with you because I've given oh, up on church, and I'll be honest with you. Sometimes my own church, I'm like, 
right, sure, why do course. we do some of this stuff? Sure, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I think at a very basic level, marketing is, involves telling stories, right? I don't know. You know what I mean? I mean, I mean, uh, uh, there's a there's a book, there's a marketing book called "All Marketers Are Liars" by Seth Godin. Yeah. And the only reason why he why he titled that was to get a rise out of people and get a rise out of marketers. But his basic premise isn't isn't that all marketers are liars. It's that all marketers tell stories. There's a story that needs to be told, and marketers are the ones that are helping to say, say it. So I think in, a, in in one sense, those of us who are Christ ambassadors, as I uh, take a quick look over at Second Corinthians five, you know, it says here that uh, we are therefore Christ ambassadors, as though um, God were making His appeal through us. You know, and so th- those are some of those things that I'm th- that I'm Look, thinking about. There's been more scriptures con- referenced in this episode than ever uh, in all my sorry. Four I'm episodes sorry. I love I love I love the Bible, man. I love the Bible. <laughs> I like I like here. talking about the Bible. But you know, so and and Jesus used a lot of stories and and uh, to illustrate his points. Yeah. No, I mean, obviously, yeah. I, and, and I'm okay. I mean, marketing is great. I love marketing. I think marketing is, is wonderful. Marketing, to me, in the purest sense, is just sharing a message and, and tell, like you said, telling yeah. a story. And, and that's exactly, go therefore into all the world and market to everyone. That's what he said. Exactly. Right? I mean, paraphrased into the Cliffs version, but I mean, go <laughs> therefore. The that, that's the Cliffs. Go notes. therefore into all ends of the earth and market. That's the Cliffs. No, that would be the Cliffs Notes version of the Bible. There you go. Yeah, no, he did not say, stay right here, build a temple, I'll send everybody to you. Exactly. You know? Yeah. And, I, and, I, and sadly, I think that's what the church has slowly become, especially, you know. Unfortunately, yeah. it's like, yeah, the the front door of the church is this Sunday event. This right, exactly. One hour on Sunday is like, no, right. I'm sorry, that, that that's not the front door of the church in my mind. Right. In and my I, mind, that's the place where, that's the, that, this is the back, you know, this is the, this is the, you know, this is the poker event, you know, the illegal poker event that we hide in oh. the back of the corner. You know, th- this is, this that's is, impressive. Uh, you fit your, you fit your, you fit your, uh, liking of poker into the, that's Yeah, that's good. right. Do you like that's that? Really, I'm yeah. impressed. I'm so, impressed. That's amazing. So this is, but this, no, I agree. I this, agree. This is where we come together and, and, and this is our planning. This is our strategy. This is where we, we, we come to refuel and we come to regroup. To, we come to share. Right. So at least that's what I right. think it and should think, be. And, and it's that's not. We need, to, we need to bring up the understanding of, well, what is church? I mean, that's, that's the typical thing. And I think we all have a healthy, I believe that we have a healthy understanding of church is not, uh, the building, you know, it is not the whole. It's uh, not a the day steeple, of the week. The wall, you know, the look at the people. It's not even a high school gymnasium for me. Right, that's exactly. where ours meets. Exactly, you know, that's where our church congregates most often right. together corporately. So, so we're really asking, what does the future of the people of God look like? And my Ooh, question is, is well, it, isn't church is, isn't church the body? That's what I'm saying. Of, okay, yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah, I guess. And we are the body. He is the head. Right. What and 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 my opinion or my question is what was the what was the early church, you know? It, right. it, did, what did they do? They met in public places and they met from house to house, right? That that was the church, and, well, and not even in public places at first. <laughs> you weren't allowed to do that. Well, if you look at Acts twenty twenty, what, what's right, Acts twenty twenty say? Right. And and no, I so I mean that that's pretty early church, right? I mean, and they and they were they were persecuted as a result of doing it, but uh, right. And, and so, but I think those were kind you know of just, that I've those not hesitated kind of like outbreaks. To pre- yeah, hesitated to preach anything that would be helpful to you, but I've told taught you publicly and from house to house. Right, right, right. And and there and there's about I think I have 17 other verses where it talks about house to house and publicly, both places. 
Dude, Haas to Haas. Haas to Haas, man. Haas to Haas. We should do a bumper sticker. But, you know, I sometimes <laughs> I, sometimes I desire to to just do life together with people and, and not... Uh, here, here's what I'm dealing oh, with oh, right now. Yeah, okay. I'm here's no, what I'm dealing yeah. with. I, I am dealing with, with the fact that even though I'm a part of what's a simple church, sometimes I feel... Like I'm starting because I am, quote unquote, in a position of leading a home team Bible study group. Right. right. You know, that all of a sudden now I'm, you know, hey, there's going to be this meeting. And by the way, we want your group to participate in this organized event. Mm -hmm. And we want your group to participate in this organized event. And we need you to. And it's like, where is all? I mean, I, I mean, why? I mean, you're starting to ask me to serve in areas that are not according to my giftedness mm-hmm. and not mm-hmm. only that, but it, because of that, I probably never asked you what your giftedness was. Well, that they no, that that's not true. My church. I, that's one of the things that oh, I do true. love. They, do they, love. they very much understand my giftedness, right, right. but because I'm lopped into this quote unquote box called home team leader, I'm expected to do the things that they expect all home team leaders to do. Gotcha. And mm-hmm. it's like some of that stuff isn't for me. Right. You know, are they great things? Absolutely. Are they things that I feel called to do? No. If I do them, am I going to have to drop the ball on something I am more passionate about and I'd be more effective at? Eventually, I will because will. Yeah, yeah. you know I, I can't put it all into my life. I'm, I'm, and that probably was not that probably was not uh, a, that was not shared to you as an expectation of the not when team I, leader. Not when, when I signed up. This, so, when yeah. I signed on, it's like I want to lead. I want to lead a small group of people in my home and I want to do life with them and encourage them right, sure. and, 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 t- and to have them have a place where they feel connected to right. other believers. That's now, what I wanted. And there's but a there difference are between t- saying two additional things yeah. that are so much tied yeah. in that are expectations for me to comply with on a consistent basis that right. is driving me crazy. And there's a difference between saying, Hey Cliff, I, I know you said that might not be your gift, but would you at least taste it? There's a difference between saying, would you come try this? And see if it would work for you and or your group. But, yeah. but it's instead it is you are expected on the first thir- like, on, yeah, yeah. on the third Thursday of every month. Uh, instead of meeting in your home, your group will now serve at this ministry. Wow! wow. During your normal meeting time, that mm-hmm. kind of thing. And it's like, yeah. whoa! Yeah, yeah, yeah. Whoa! And 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 then there's and uh, since we're getting personal here, uh, and then there's <laughs> oh by the way, if you have children who are middle sc- or under the age of middle school age which by the way all three of my children are they're not allowed to attend and you will need to get child care and i understand that your group does not currently have child care because your children are the only children but you will need to provide child you will need to get child care so tell your group so they, to cough up the money or, or actually the, my, i will say that my church is offered to cover the cost but huh. still it, right, right, it, so. it, it, it does put it, you at an inconvenience it, it, and, and the question is like well gosh Cliff you're a Christian and it's called serving and it's yours called to serve together and that's what corporate worship and corporate serving and, and sure, being a sure, part sure. of the church is all about but yet the thing is is, is like it, should I just go along with everything because that's what's expected of me right. is, is that what the church is supposed to do or is the church supposed to allow us to, to, to grow into our gifts and, and, and where we're called and to be inspired in that area I but, think it would have been it would have been very helpful if you were a part of those decisions. I think yeah, that should that's have included y'all into those decisions. That's, that's, that's the that thing. Really, yeah, because then you could have been a, you could have been able to say the points that you're making right now and just say would it, would it be more appropriate just to say hey this is going on yep. if if anyone in the group if our, in our house group 
wants to go do that, hey, go do that. That's great, you know. But they never allowed you to be able to give your voice in the so, midst of that. So, so. so here I am, I, I, you know, faithfully serving in this church in the capacity that I have been, both in the area of I feel called to lead a small group of people in my home. I've done that faithfully ever since I've been here. Sure. I think Stephanie and I have almost uh, been there for almost four years now in this current church. Um, I also use my gifts and talents and my passion for new media yeah. and it's effectively making a huge impact for our church in our community locally and around the world. Uh, and, and I hope that doesn't sound boastful. Um, but but I, I recognize that God is using me in that area. But now I'll be honest with you. I I'm I'm almost at the point where I'm about ready to say I, I'm about ready to resign my position as home team leader. Right. Sure. Because I do not want I do not feel like it's I really need to. Right. I don't feel led to comply to those expectations. And, and you've, have you mentioned that to them? I I'm mean, about ready to. Yeah, I think it well, would I mean, be important to bring given, it up. I mean, that's a given to say, you know, just one on one. Yeah, e- express those feelings and see what the response but, but, is. Yeah. But here's the thing: this has happened, and and this is why I bring this up. Sure, the, this podcast. I don't know what episode number it was. Matter of fact, I'll, I'll pull it up. Um, let's see here. Why I hate. Let me see if I can pull that up, and it actually might be. Oh, um, I know what you're talking about. <laughs> hate. Uh, let's see here. I'm going to find the next one. Um, do do do. It'll just take me a second. Daniel and I will sing elevator music while you're the, doing that. Will you do that? Actually, yeah. no, actually, I, actually, I have a, I have a thought that I have a thought that I could add to okay. this. So. There it is. Uh, okay, episode, here, here it is. Ep- it's like episodes number 14, 15, 16, 17 of about the church. Okay. Uh, which by the way, are only on the, those are still out in the archive somewhere, but I started this podcast in the early days with a title, a, a five part series titled why I hate the church. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Wow. And it's all of a sudden it, it's happening to me every single time I get devoted to sharing my calling in the church. I, I eventually, no matter how simple the church starts out, it's it starts to put these obligations and responsibilities sure, on sure. me that I never was invited into the discussion about. Yeah, and well, this happens not just to me, but everybody. And there, and I'm really good at saying no. Right, right. And so many people, people aren't. aren't. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. I um, help help out in the sound ministry of our church as a pro- in production assistant, and I mean. We can almost count on whenever there's an event at church that we're going, and you know, me and the other guys that do that work in the sound ministry, we 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 just know that we're going to be asked sometime for some help, or they're just going to assume that we're going to be able to show up, you know. And it's kind of, and we feel kind of put upon, like you're talking about somewhat. And I think that just there's there just needs to be more of the of that communication, and that's one of the things that we struggle with is being let is letting the people who are organizing these types of events or these types of efforts or initiatives, you know, that to let them know that, you know what, you, if you're going to ask, if you're going to need something, can talk to me about it and I can let you know if I'm available or we can get somebody else to do something like that. So, you know, we, I think that's a kind of a dynamic where people just start making decisions like, you know what, this is, and because I believe that the heart behind what you're talking about, Cliff, is that, you know, the, the heart behind what they're really wanting to do is probably really good, but then just kind of forcing all of these types of requirements upon you just doesn't it really seem right. Yeah, it, and, and that's that's been something that's been a part of every church experience that I've ever been a part of in my yeah. entire life. Oh, I'm I'm feeling it. Yeah, <laughs> we won't ask DG to get too personal to share his his. his I'll, I'll just say I I love you, <laughs> and I will hug you and hold you as much as you need because you will be reciprocating the same kind of love. 
So anyway, yeah, interesting well, stuff. Back to the future of the church. I was reminded of Acts 2, 42 through 47. They devoted themselves to the apostles', the apostles teaching, teaching to and the breaking of bread and the breaking of the bread and to prayer. Yes. You know? Eating together in one another's homes, sharing and having That's the all the favor of, the of all the people. That and it was the beginning of the church, and it, sh- in my opinion, that should be the future of the church. Sure, and it and it technically is still the church, but <laughs> man, it, but yeah, but, but so are the fifteen Andy. other yeah, programs exactly. on top of that. Sure, exactly, exactly. And Andy just said that'd be a fat church. <laughs> yeah, you just you just summed me up, man. <laughs> Breaking a bread and oh gosh. As That's we pursue awesome. a balanced life. Yeah, Stephen says, the minute you volunteer for one thing, the floodgate opens. I just started middle school youth group because my pastor asked because I, uh, let's see, because I did something else. So, yeah. It, 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 well, and I got, I got, I got to tell you, now, now this is an example of the reason why the institutionalized, most of the institutionalized churches, and I'm not just talking about denominations, I'm talking you know, Cliff, your feeling as if your church is becoming more and more that is what I'm sensing. It, it slowly seems to be that exactly. way. Exactly. And when you become that way, then you are so dependent on volunteers. And the world we live in is so consumeristic so that when you find one volunteer, you suck them dry. The church just sucks them dry and never and never allows for rotations and never allows for you know, sabbaticals, never allows for, you know, if Sunday school yeah. teachers have been yes. teaching since, oh, my since 1920s still yes. teaching amazingly. And, and, and that's exactly what I, I hear Stephen saying is, is, you know, I, I, I do want to be able to give, I do want to serve Christ, but the church, whoever's in the hierarchy or, or you know, whoever else is in the church, they completely take advantage of those people. And, and my wife is living proof of that right now. I mean, she is the youth and children's pastor right now of a church that is way too big to have one person doing both those. Yeah. And they are literally, they, they are literally taking advantage of my yeah. wife. Yeah. And, and it's hard for me to sit and there. And the larger church probably doesn't even recognize that. And the people who do recognize that are not, are not really doing anything about it. And yeah. it's just, it's sad. It's really, really sad. Yeah. And then, and then all of a sudden you're looked at and it's like, wow, aren't you such a saint for, for doing so much? I'm, I, we are so blessed to have you here. Right, right. <laughs> it's it, like, it, it, and you know what? You feel guilty for wanting to pull back or for oh, wanting yeah. to say, you know what? Can I get some appreciation? You know? And it's like, oh, my, my rewards in heaven, you know, for just, let me just kind of continue to give. It's just it, the, the, I can I can understand some of those yeah. some of that and, feeling, and, and I'll be honest with you, I feel bad for even saying anything because in my church they they do try to do this. They I mean I mean some of the things that I'm talking about are like setting up for our our Sunday worship because we're in a high school and everything has to be trucked in and and stuff like that. And they they are doing things where it's only you know every Sunday during one given month, every you know you know twice a year maybe. Uh, so it, it's four, you know, it's a total of maybe eight weekends out of the year that I have to do this or something. I mean, they're, they're trying and, and their argument is that, you know, um, it, well, if we, if we don't, if we don't schedule to people to do this and we put th- it's not going to get done. Yeah. Oh, sure. And, and, and my question is, if it ain't going to get done, then the question is, is, is God's heart, is God not moving in the hearts of the people? Right. To, right. Is it, is it not important, important enough that people feel compelled to, to exactly, be a part of it. Yeah, yeah exactly. And, and as a pastor, as a minister, you know, if you, how say this, I do think that, that there is a history of receiving vision from one individual, 
But that one individual has got to be able to allow the spirit to move within the community to well up that same kind of passion and desire. And, and that's one of the things that we're, that we've wow. always been, we've always ch- been challenged with, at least for me in the waters is we don't really have anything that everyone can really rally around, whether it be, you know, world hunger or water to children all over the world, you know, including locally or, you know, there's really nothing that we can just rally around other than Christ. Of course, we're going to rally around Christ, but uh, yeah, you just, you have to be able to allow the spirit to move within the community to be able to know and then and then once you have buy-in from everyone and part of that is preaching part of that is doing studies you know whatever whatever that looked like but man you've got to be able to allow the the spirit to work in the people instead of just and and yeah and you do you you need to let people volunteer and buy in and when somebody buys in don't automatically sign them up for other stuff yeah Yeah. you know let let people let god move in the hearts of the people and you know i would I'll be honest with you. If it were if it were to come up and it were if I were approached, you know, hey, do you think that you could find two or three Sundays or four Sundays out of the year where you'd be willing to help out? Yeah, sure. I would make those happen. Yeah. But I can't tell you how much how much I've actually missed, you know, in in my own personal business throughout the course of the last 2 years as a result of having to be there to set up on Saturdays. Yeah. I mean, uh, literally, me going to a, an event like New Media Cincinnati can can literally lead to approximately two thousand dollars a month of income just based upon the business that I that it comes out as a result of right. the connections there. And to miss those, sometimes I miss them three months in a row. Yeah, yeah you know, and sure. it's like, man, get, give me some other stuff. And of course, they, you know, they're trying, and and I do love my church, but I just wonder. Yeah. I just wonder sometimes is is this what the church is supposed to be like? Right. You know what? Uh, it, when you, I mean, you talked. There's, there's been a lot of talk about passion here today. You know, and how you can how doing something for passion. You know, it, it's like almost it's almost at a point in time when passion can only lead you so far. It's almost you get to a certain point when you need something more than just passion or to to, to drive you. You need encouragement. You need something. You need some kind of feedback some other way. Right. Yeah. Yeah. What he just said. Ditto. Ditto. Did I, did I nail it? I think you got <laughs> I nailed it, guys. <laughs> All right. Well, hey, you know what? We are so glad that we are back here. And yes. uh, you know what? We all have different things going on in our lives. And I'm just going to say to you guys out there, I know that many of you will respond to this. But I'm just going to ask you, if you don't mind, say some prayers for the people that have been behind the microphone today. Yeah. Yeah, I, I happen to know that the, the three men in this room right now all have some different things going on in their lives that we're not bringing behind the microphone for various reasons. Sure. And just keep us in your prayers, I just ask. And we'll remember to pray for you guys out there. We prayed for you before we started today. We thank you for listening to us. And we're also going to say thank you to a special person out there that made a, an anonymous donation uh, You know, a couple months back. And ask this in return simply to ask you to pray for another church in your area that's not your own. That's right. Wow. And anyway. Yeah. So we thank you all. If you want to become a GSPN.TV Plus member, support this content, head over to GSPN.TV slash plus. And DG, did you want to plug anything else? Yeah, I just want to tell everybody, make sure you give us a feedback and call us 859-795-4067. Praxis Podcast is my other podcast. And Daniel Johnson Jr. Dot, dot com. There you go. Dot com. Dot com. Dot com. Bye bye. <laughs> Join the community.